Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. RTW Main Event, which used to be a hard-hitting, in-depth, cutting-edge look into the world of professional wrestling. And now we basically do whatever the hell we want. So without further ado, here's your host, Radicalized Rob, Rob Francois. Hey guys, welcome back to RTW Main Event. This is day seven of Rad Mania 4. I'm your host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. I hope everybody's doing well all around the world and thank all of you for being here. It is the end of WrestleMania Sunday, night two of WrestleMania 38 from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. And what a night it was. Both nights of WrestleMania delivering. I hate to say it right out of the gate. AEW, you could never, ever, ever top what WWE has done this weekend. Say what you want about the numbers. Even if there were just 60,000 people there for each night, I doubt AEW will have 120,000 people combined this entire year. That being said, it's a genius move. For WrestleMania to be two nights. Brad Shepard and I have been talking about it for a while now. And again, shout out to Brad for not being here tonight. Uh, he is still sick. Uh, he can't speak. So uh, I hope my buddy gets better soon for this coming Thursday's Brad Shepard Unleashed, which can be found on YouTube and anywhere podcasts are found. WrestleMania 38 is officially in the books. But Brad and I have been talking about it. Two nights is a lot of wrestling. A lot of people say, well, it's a lot better than sitting in a stadium for nine hours, like we've seen in recent WrestleManias. But from a business standpoint only, WrestleMania is the biggest pay-per-view premium live event of the year and in all professional wrestling or sports entertainment. It's a genius business move to be able to charge for two nights of action. So instead of having one WrestleMania, one night, let's just use Dallas as an example where you can put in 90 to 100,000 people. You sell it for two nights, you have 75,000 people each night. That's 150,000 tickets sold. 50,000 more than they had in WrestleMania last time it was in Dallas. So WWE is making more money on it. And the crew gets a bigger payday. The talent gets a bigger payday. And everyone makes the card. Well, just about everybody. Paul Heyman did cheat. We will get to that when we get to the main event. What a fantastic night. I did not think night two could be able to top night one because night one was amazing. WrestleMania Saturday was so, so good. I'm sorry, guys. My mic. 
has a habit of doing uh, StreamYard. Always changes my settings. Thank you for bringing that up. Has a habit of doing uh, StreamYard. Always changes my settings. Thank you for bringing that up. My roadcaster was not picking it up. That's so much better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Mike. Appreciate that, buddy. WrestleMania 38 was an overwhelming success. Night one was absolutely amazing. I mean, well, P. Marzola8985 says, uh, you know, two nights is a good way for WWE to evolve, but then everyone else will try to copy WWE. Honestly, New Japan Pro Wrestling has been doing it for years now with Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Bass is in my voice now. I'm sorry. Um, that's my bad. Uh, my live streams never, ever go off without a hitch. It's just, uh, it's live TV, pal. That's what you get. Anyways, WrestleMania 38 surpassed all of my expectations. Night one was fantastic. Night two was off to a little bit of slow start. I didn't really like the, the first match, and we're going to get into that. But boy, did the rest of the card deliver. Well, <laughs> maybe not the rest of the card, but uh, we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, before we get into the first match, Triple H, Paul Levesque kicked off the show. Which is a surprise. I did not expect him to be there. Came out to a phenomenal pop. Did the whole entrance with the water and the turnbuckle and the whole gimmick. Kind of cool to see that again. Great for the people that are in attendance that may have never seen that live that they got to. Grabs the mic, says, I just want to say thank you all. And open WrestleMania the only way I know how. And said, welcome to WrestleMania. Leaves the microphone and his boots, his wrestling boots, in the ring. Which is a time-honored tradition of people that retire. They leave their gear in the ring, a la when The Undertaker left his gear in the ring after losing a, uh, Roman Reigns uh, a few years ago. Of course, he came back, but hey, what are you going to do? It's wrestling. Got one more run, brother. In any event, that is the last time you will see Paul Levesque at a WrestleMania, most likely, unless he makes a cameo, but he will not be wrestling ever again. I'm pretty sure he, with a defibrillator in his heart, I really don't see uh, him wrestling ever again. So let me kick off the show with... Jesus Christ, you know, you hit the wrong button. God damn, I I'm telling you, I'm getting too old for this shit. The first match was for the Raw Tag Team Championship. RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions, taking on the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. Haven't been watching the weekly product. But I have heard that the Alpha Academy has been pretty entertaining. We all know that the Street Profits are, are fantastic athletes. But man, you can really tell that Randy Orton's having so much fun with RK-Bro. The match was okay. I'm not a big fan of three ways or four ways. They didn't... I don't know if they call this a triple threat tag team match. I don't know if that's what it was billed as. But I'm going to make this point when it gets to the Women's Tag Team Championship match because I have, a, I have a lot to say about that. RK Bro defends their titles. Street Profits celebrate with RK Bro. Because why not? They're, they're, all, you know, they're all baby faces, right? Then they bring Gable Steveson in, the two-time NCAA champion, Olympic gold medalist, a second Olympic gold medalist in WWE history next to Kurt Angle. He's been getting a lot of fanfare this weekend. Obviously, he's been drafted to Monday Night Raw well before he ended his amateur career, but you know, who cares? Semantics. Yes, WWE are allowed to smoke pot now. That <laughs> makes sense. Um, so they bring Gable Stevenson in the ring to celebrate, I guess. And Chad Gable takes the microphone away from Gable Stevenson. Tries to cut a promo. Gable takes it back. 
Chad takes the microphone back again. Said that something like this, you know, this is my house, this is my ring, my whatever. I, I really did not pay attention to what he said at all, but uh, Gable took exception with that and hit him with overhead belly-to-belly suplex and uh, and then walked out. So the future is bright for Gable Stevenson. I really hope he can transfer into the world of wrestling, pro wrestling, like Kurt Angle did. That is yet to be seen. He is a stud, though. I'd like to see him tone up the midsection a little bit, but, you know, who am I to complain? Who am I to say anything, right? Our second match was Bobby Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley, taking on Omos. What a big son of a bitch he is. Good Lord, that's a big dude. Green is goose shit, but goddamn. Goddamn, pal. He's got a real future ahead of him, hopefully. Not much of this match. Bobby uh, sold for most of it, which, I mean, Bobby Lashley's a big guy, right? He's a... He's a horse, man. He's a big son of a bitch, but Omos makes him look like uh, like Wee Man, who uh, we saw later on this evening. But Bobby Lashley hits a couple spears. Even gave him a vertical suplex, all 400 pounds of him. And uh, Lashley wins, but the match itself sucked, really. I mean, to be quite honest. A uh, real scary moment uh, when Omos uh, had Bobby in a, bear, in a bear hug. He had him way, way up on his shoulder. Bobby's ass was like right up here. Slammed him into the, the corner turnbuckle, which usually, you know, the, the middle of your back hits that, but uh, his butt hits the turnbuckle. Lashley kicked back, hit his head on the top of the ring post, that funky fucking LED ring post that they have now, which, thank God, he hit the very, like, top of it. Uh, if he had hit the corner of it, he probably would have split himself wide open. That thing is very, very dangerous. It's, it looks good, but it's hell for the, for the talent. Was Omos winning, wearing skinny jeans? He might have been, but I guess he can pull it off. He's seven foot five, right? I mean, who's going to fucking argue with him? Uh, but yeah, the match sucked, but <laughs> thankfully they uh, they both made it through. Next was a super super entertaining match. Uh, not a lot of people had high expectations going into this, uh, but the anything goes match between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn was so so good. I'm a look, I'm a fan of Jackass. Started watching them in, what, 99, 2000, whenever they came out on MTV. I was always a big fan of the show. It's a revolutionary show. I mean, nobody else was doing stupid shit and beating the fuck out of each other, right? And out of themselves. Just doing dumb pranks, right? So, uh, who didn't love that show? And here we are, you know, 20 years later, and they're still over. Part of the crew was uh, at ringside. Sucks that Bam Margera can't be a part of it because uh, apparently my wife said he's got like real bad substance abuse problems and him and his wife were on Dr. Phil recently and it just, he may have, I haven't seen the movie yet, he may have had a few scenes, but I know he did f- shoot a few scenes and I don't know if they included it or not, but they had to send him home because he's just, uh, he's just, he's, he's not right and you don't want to injure or kill yourself or somebody else when, uh, when somebody's under the influence. So it's really unfortunate. He's really taking it hard. Uh, since Ryan Dunn died. I know that was quite a while ago, but, you know, that was his best friend. In any event, this match with Johnny Knoxville was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we saw all the typical jackass stuff. Uh, Knoxville used a taser, had a old bowling ball in the ball spot, and he had Sami Zayn sitting down in the corner and roll the strike. Uh, just... Horribly, horribly uh, disfigured Sammy's balls, apparently, tonight. I feel bad for him. Sammy's balls work harder than most people tonight. We got a run-in from Party Boy, Chris Pontius, and Wee Man. Wee Man actually gave Sammy Zane a body slam. Fucking picture-perfect body slam, for Christ's sakes. That dude's strong. Strong as shit. We saw a giant hand. A spring-loaded hand just poof, hit Sami Zayn at ringside when he's trying to run after Knoxville. Just fucking hilarious shit. We Sami got put through a table with mouse traps all over, which obviously is a, a signature thing that Jackass likes to do, like to fuck with each other with mouse traps all over the place. Uh, no, Dave Meltzer, I'm sure, did not like it at all. Uh, he look, I, I said I tweeted it tonight. I feel bad for Dave. I think he's on the spectrum. He may have Aspergers or. Or be a full functioning autistic, uh, which is kind of why you know it makes sense why he obsesses over things incessantly. It's very obsessive compulsive, uh, and you know people that suffer from autism or Aspergers 
uh, have trouble showing emotions, have trouble uh, showing empathy or sympathy. Uh, they're very cold and, and just, you know, straight facts, like super facts, like super, like can't think outside the box. I'm not saying that's true, but it would make a lot of sense given the way Dave has acted over the years. Retro Wrestling Revival, Johnny Wangland in the house. What's up, brother? Good to see you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, but getting back to the match, uh, it was a blast. They were super over. The crowd loved it. Maybe it went a bit long, but, man, I'm telling you, uh, it, it was good stuff. And, look, Zane didn't take it easy on Johnny Knoxville either. Uh, he really took it to him, even from the outset when he hit him with a haluva kick right, right off the bat. Um, but uh, I'm telling you, man, uh, it, was a, it was a jackass match. It was everything you expected and more, and the crowd loved it. Uh, it was a fun two nights of Mania. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very impressed with the way both nights were, were pulled off. Our next match is the one that I really have to pick apart, and that is the Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Tag Team Championship. The Women's Tag Team Champions, Queen Zelina, and nothing happened to Natty Neidhart, took on Sasha Banks with... Uh, Naomi, I almost fucking called her one of the funk tackles, uh, with Naomi, uh, and also Liv and Rhea Ripley, I'm sorry, Shayna and Natty, god damn, I, fuck, fuck is wrong with me, Carmella and Queen Zelina, sorry, um, Rhea and Liv and Natty and Shayna Baszler, which I didn't realize Shayna had a new song, which is strange, um, yes, they do need to get their TV shows right, if, Look, the way they book WrestleMania, they can book TV like that. Don't ask me why they don't. I just, like, I can't figure it out, and that's why I stopped watching the weekly product. But anyways, the sheets were high on this match. I wasn't, because number one, it's a fatal four-way match. What are the rules of fatal four-way and triple threat tag team matches or singles matches? Well, let's just use single matches for an example. Triple threat or fatal four-way singles matches are no disqualification. I am assuming, and I'm only assuming, that Fatal 4-Way and Triple Threat Tag Team matches have the same rules, right? It makes sense. So if this match was to be no disqualification, they, they simply did not even announce that. They didn't acknowledge that, and they didn't even use that stipulation. If it's a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match, tags shouldn't even be a thing. It should be a Tornado Tag Team match. should be tagging in and out. There's no rules. Nobody used any weapons. Why would you have different rules for triple threat and fatal four-way tag team matches, which honestly we don't get a lot of, to be fair. Why wouldn't they have the same rules as triple threat and fatal four-way singles matches? So the booking of this match didn't make sense. The match was sloppy in and of itself. These women just are not that good. Especially Natty Neidhart. I can't imagine anybody who's been in the business as long as her that's had the career that she's had and the run that she's had. Which is almost unprecedented. I think she's been in like, what, 10, 15 years? And she still sucks. Yes, Johnny, it should have been a pre-show match. Paul Arzola pretty much says the same thing. It should have been on SmackDown. It should have been on SmackDown, WrestleMania SmackDown, which they had Friday night. They had WrestleMania Raw and WrestleMania SmackDown this week, which is retarded in and of itself. But this match made no sense. The spots were ugly. A bunch of women standing around waiting to do their, their high spot. You know, at one time, they had the best women's uh, division of wrestling. And I'm not even saying it's any worse or better than AEW's, because be honestly, you know, honestly, their, their women's division sucks as well. This match was absolutely horrible and did not belong on the card. Moving on to AJ Styles and Edge. Holy shit, what a presentation. What a presentation by AJ and by Edge. Edge's new theme music, his new look, his new gimmick, his entrance was f literally fire. But I mean, it was amazing. AJ, the phenomenal one, is truly phenomenal. Alan Jones has really, really cemented himself as one of the greatest of all time. Being in TNA for all those years and Ring of Honor, 
and getting the shot all these years later. Some people could say past his prime. I disagree. I think he's he's right in his prime. And still an absolute ridiculous athlete. Has made a hell of a run in WWE against all odds. He's not a prototypical WWE athlete. Absolute first ballot Hall of Famer. I haven't watched the video back yet, but it looks like he was injured on his entrance. Had a gash on the side of his face. Near his temple. I'm like, what the hell? Did somebody potato him before the match started down you know, backstage? What the hell happened? Um, not sure what it was. Some people say it was a pyro accident. I, I don't know if that's what it was. Maybe he cut himself when he's putting his hands up in front of him. I have no idea. Good night, sweetheart. You want to say hi to everybody? Oh, here's the precious one. Here's the star of the show. Rad Addy is here. You want to say hi? Hi. You ready to go to bed? Mm. Love you. Well, I'm glad you found it. They're running, my Rad Addy. Look, looking for... Looking for her stuff, Lamb. Good night, kid. Always got to love her running. The pyro may have injured him, John. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But Edge's entrance, holy cow. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. And a very, very good match. I mean, I thought this could be the match of the night. You know these two could act absolutely just, just go for it, right? I mean, two seasoned veterans, two of the greatest of all time. And it was a really, really fun match. The finish was a little weird. AJ went for the phenomenal form. And the camera cut, and out of nowhere, Damian Priest is standing there. In the corner of the shot was AJ up in the, on the apron. And front, you know, front focus was Damian Priest just kind of staring at him. So that distracted AJ for a second. He went for the phenomenal form. And as soon as all this happened, I told my wife, I said, no, give me a spear. Give me a midair spear. I've been watching wrestling for 35 years. That's probably too long. That's pretty easy to predict at this point, to be quite honest. And that was the finish. Edge speared AJ in midair, gets the one, two, three. Priest and Edge come together at the end of the match and raise each other's arms. It looks like we're going to have some kind of a faction. Uh, which, look... Damian Priest is a darker character, even though he was a babyface, which obviously now he's a heel. And I think with Edge's new entrance, that really fits together. And I wonder if this was the plan all along when Edge decided he wanted to reinvent himself and change everything up. I, I too, was like, where the hell did Priest come from? It was very weird. But it fits. And I absolutely love the pairing together. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Whether it's just them two, or yes, like Media Mike says, M5, uh, The Brood 2. Absolutely. Well, technically be the Brood 3, right? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, man, those two could be so dominant together. And if they add somebody else to it, uh, they'd be even better. I'm not sure Not sure what they're going to do. Priest is a star. And Johnny, as you know, he's near the end of his run. Uh, you know, he's in his early 40s, I believe. Either late, late 30s, early 40s. So it's not like he's going to be around that much longer either. Um, so they need to do something with him now. And aligning him with Edge to get the rub from the Hall of Famer is absolutely the right thing to do. Improved <laughs> 2.5. You don't count the Hardys? Come on, man. Come on, man. Give the Hardys some love. They're definitely in the brood, even if it wasn't that long. Uh, and the false finish with the Styles Clash. Holy shit, I forgot to mention that. AJ hit a Styles Clash, and Edge kicked out at literally two in, like, 999s, whatever the fuck you want to call it. One of the greatest kickouts I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, moving on, New Day, and Shame New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Not much to say here. Uh, New Day lost about two minutes. Adam Finch, what's up, brother? Good to see you, pal. I heard you enjoyed the... The event tonight, which is good. Uh, Kingston and Woods had a tribute to Big E by wearing gear inspired by his championship win. Uh, but Ridge and Sheamus got the quick win over these guys, which, oh, the New Day's buried. They've had a fucking almost 10-year run. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, what else do they have to do? What else do they have to prove? 
they put this new faction over, which is exactly what they needed to do. And they need to be a dominant win because they have big plans. Big plans, daddy. For these three. The third being Butch. The former Pete Dunn, who went fucking nuts after the match and started beating the shit out of uh, Woods and grabbing his braids and Seamus and Ridge had to pull him off. And uh, he just looked like a crazy mad dog. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with these three. You think that's the worst match this year? Yeah, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Does Butch have rabies? <laughs> he might. He might. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Holy shit is Pat McAfee over. Austin Theory is a gamer. He's a fantastic heel. If he ever turns babyface again, he will have the fire and the approval from the crowd. I absolutely 100% guarantee it. You heard it here first. He is a fucking gamer. And Pat McAfee is a stud athlete. A big sum bitch, too. Can still punt the ball 50 yards, as he did into the crowd. Off on the ramp in sneakers. Guy's a friggin' stud, dude. And they had a fantastic match. And the crowd was red hot the entire match. When Pat got the win, the crowd went ape shit. Pat got one of the biggest pops of the WrestleMania I've ever seen. I mean, they were jumping up and down, celebrating. Vince McMahon was at ringside the entire match. He obviously was not very happy that Theory lost. And while I thought he was going to tell Theory, you know, let me show you how to do it, instead they kind of did a little bit of a swerve on that and had Pat McAfee challenge Vince McMahon to come in the ring and have a match, which he did. And at 76 years old, Vince McMahon is in better shape than I am. 30 years younger. Which isn't saying much, to be quite honest. I, the most I do all day is, you know, lift, lift cheeseburgers. Vince McMahon still looks great. Muscles are a little flabby, but fuck, he's 76 years old. That skin doesn't stay tight forever. His fucking shoulders are still bigger than my head. Vince did what Vince does and, you know, gets the heat. He beats Pat McAfee with, of all things, punting a football into his side, into his midsection when he kicked him. I absolutely guarantee, short of the XFL, the first time Vince McMahon has ever held an actual football. There was fucking nothing about sports. But he pulled the spot off. And people are pissed off that, oh, they ruined McAfee's moment. Fuck, it's sports entertainment. It's not life and death. Get over yourselves. It's shit. It's just wrestling. Oh, Vince put himself over because he owns a company. Shut the fuck up. All it did was get the heat on him and Theory, which is what you're supposed to do. Keep the heat on the heels. That's Wrestling 101. And it's set up for the glass breaking and Stone Cold Steve Austin making his second appearance of the weekend. As I said last night, holy shit, Steve Austin never got blown up in his match against KO. Took a vertical suplex on the concrete. Fuck, at 57 years old. Had the biggest pop of the night. Short of the Undertaker. Undertaker's so fucking over. And Taker did make another appearance tonight to say goodbye to the crowd. Whew, the guy is so over. And McAfee didn't care. He wrestled at WrestleMania. His literally, the boyhood dream has come true. Pat McAfee lived his dreams. Before the NFL, he wanted to be a professional wrestler, like most of us did growing up. And he's only 34, did he say? 35? He retired from the NFL after eight seasons at 29. What kind of fucking kicker punter retires at 29? Those fuckers kick forever. Never heard the backstory about it, but fuck, who cares? We have a Pat McAfee in his physical prime right now. Who loves the business? Isn't the greatest worker in the world, but fuck, who cares? He's over. That's the point of being uh, of the business. Get over, make money. 
not having a five, six star Meltzer jerk off match with fucking 60 false finishes. No selling, no psychology. It's your job to get over and put asses in seats. Pat McAfee is a bona fide draw and should be used as a detraction only. Somebody responded to one of my tweets on Twitter tonight and said that McAfee is so over, he needs to be a full-time competitor. I disagree. Uh, number one, he's full-time commentator. Number two, you keep him fresh as an attraction, and it will mean more when he wrestles. That is how you draw. That is how you make money. You don't have to be in the business to know this. But you do have to have a fucking brain on your shoulders. And some of these goddamn, most of the people in the IWC are absolute bona fide dipshits. Such marks for the business. Which, look, the term mark goes back to the carnivals, to the carnies. All those people, the special attraction booths, the hairiest lady in the world, the biggest snake ever, looking for people to come in and see their attraction. Looking for certain people that will pay to see this stuff. That is called a mark or your target. Johnny, thank you, buddy. Have a good night, buddy. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. And you, you're right, Media Mike. You will not get burnout seeing Pat that way. But that's where the word mark comes from originally. Certain people that they know, they're going to be able to lure in and draw to see their attractions. That's what these IWCers are. They're just fucking marks. They take this stuff way too seriously. Vince McMahon kept the heat on himself. And put the heat on Austin Theory by having him celebrate after Vince won. When Austin, you know, already lost to Pat. But Vince put Austin Theory over at the end of that. People have misdefined the word mark because they're fucking stupid. They literally think they are smart to the business. Well, you know what? I know a lot more than they do. In any event. Finally, when this man celebrated with Austin Theory, faced a hard camera, held up his arms, Austin Theory's music hits and Vince McMahon freaks out and kind of looks over his shoulder. And I'm thinking, oh, Vince. It's one thing to be running a show behind the curtain. It's another thing to be in front of the camera. You're producing this segment by being in the ring. And you blew the spot. When he did that, I'm like, what the f- what's he so afraid of? And I'm like, uh-huh, okay. 30 seconds later, the glass breaks and Steve Austin came down. Vince sold it early. So either one, they weren't supposed to play Theory's music, which I, I think they were. Um, but if not, and they played the wrong track, someone's going to get fired. <laughs> he did give it away, Mike. Austin's music hit. Austin, Steve Austin's music hits. So many Austins. It's hard to keep up. Uh, and the, the place goes nuts again. Steve comes down with his double knee brace again. Uh, beats the crap out of theory. Gives him a stunner. Sold it like a champ. Vince wants to make amends with Steve. And look, we always know how that goes, right? Steve says, sure. Grabs a couple beers. Cracks them open. Steve uh, has a new beer out. Which, finally, his IPA is available pretty much all around the country from El Segundo Brewery. But now the new Steve Austin American Lager is also out as well, and that's what they're promoting. Vince takes a couple drinks of it and goes, kind of switches around in his mouth, and Corey Gray's like, I thought Vince is a wine guy. And Vince says, God damn, pal, that's good beer. (laughs) That's really good. And that popped me. That really did. Uh, so they toasted, they started guzzling it. You can't find the beer in Media Mike? I'm sorry, it's here in Tennessee. It's here in Middle Tennessee. I uh, saw it last week. It's $14 for a four-pack. Holy fuck. Um, no, it doesn't have to be ordered. It's, it's world, I mean, it should be nationwide now. I'm sorry if you don't have it in your market yet. Maybe you can write to them and let them know or talk to your local liquor stores and beer stores. But uh, it's here. It's on the shelves. $14 here for a four-pack. I have to get drunk before I even buy one. Just for paying that much money. Uh, obviously, you know what happens there. Same thing happened to Byron Saxon and everybody. You're you are in the Tri Cities. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in Murfreesboro. So uh, it was in uh, a local liquor store. 
I haven't seen it in the supermarkets, but it was in the liquor store or package stores, whatever you want to call it. The packy, as we used to say up north. Uh, anyway, Vince gets the boot, gets the stunner. Fuck. Uh, he went down to the kick and then bounced off the ropes awkwardly. And then uh, Vince or Steve grabbed him very gingerly and gave him even a worse stunner than he took back on Monday Night Raw in 1998. <sighs> Poor Vince. I mean, he's old, right? I mean, Steve doesn't want to fucking cripple him. Great match. Great aftermatch. And great after-aftermatch. Perfectly, perfectly booked. Anybody that doesn't understand it, you're just fucking stupid. That brings us to our main event. The biggest match of all time is how they're booking this. I still think Hogan Warrior was bigger, but that's just me. Title for title! It's the ultimate challenge! Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion, taking on the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, the Universal Heavyweight Champion. Hell of an entrance by both guys. Paul Heyman is amazing and sells everything so well and knows his role perfectly and adds so much to the Roman Reigns presentation, along with the Usos as part of the bloodline. There's nobody better in the business. Nobody better. I'm sorry. I don't care. AEW fans suck it. Nobody better in the business than the bloodline and Brock Lesnar. Nobody. Nobody has that star power. Not CM Punk. Not Brian Danielson. <laughs> sure not John Moxley. Or Hook. Or any other idiots they have there at AW. Paul Heyman grabs the mic, cuts off Mike Rowe. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, blah, 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 blah. You know the speech. Not selling it, Mike. I'm not selling it. Brock laughs at the whole thing during the whole Paul Heyman thing. Gets a big pop from the crowd. They're all chanting along and sing along with the champ. Then Mike goes introduce the other champion from Minneapolis. Grabs the mic. Brock takes the mic. <laughs> Brock says, I'm the cowboy that's going to whip Roman's ass. I am the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. Fucking crowd goes nuts. I popped huge for that. And the look on Heyman's face, the way he sold it was just genius. Oh, let me, let me rewind. Sorry. One thing I noticed at the end of the McAfee match. Sorry. I completely glossed over it. I didn't mean to. Sorry. Rewind. This is not RKW Rewind, but I'm rewinding right now. Pat McAfee got back in the ring after Vince got stunned. Celebrated with Stone Cold. Drank beers with him. And I'm like, oh, God, Pat, no. Is he really going to do it to Pat? Yep. Kicked him in the gut. Pat sold it like a million bucks. Spitting the beer out all over the place. (laughs) Steve pours beer on him as he walks by him and celebrates in the turnbuckles. Pat rolls out of the ring. And I don't know if this was a setup shot, something he decided to do, somebody, a cameraman caught out of the corner of his eye. Pat McAfee's laying on the, on the outside, just guzzling a beer laying down on the floor, and a camera caught a close-up of it. Fucking hilarious and genius. That was my pop of the night. God, McAfee is so, so good. Completely gets it. Anyway, back to the main event. The beginning of this match had that big fight feel, that huge fight feel that you will not find anywhere else in professional wrestling today. I don't care what organization you're in. There is nothing bigger than this match. Nothing. Two bona fide studs, future first ballot Hall of Famers. Two of the biggest draws in the industry. The fourth longest defending WWE champion, universal champion, whatever you want to call him, Roman Reigns, has had a title reign as long as 
four other men. Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno Sammartino. The fifth longest reign, sorry. Sure, title belts are props. It's all the work. I get it. But it still means they've had the confidence in him to be the man where the company doesn't make stars that are bigger than the company anymore. Roman Reigns is that guy. He is the guy. And he's had the belt for over 585 days or so. The match was what you expected. A spear fest, a Superman punch fest, a suplex city fest. Doesn't have to be a five-star banger, I'm telling you. It's pacing. It's intensity. It's brute force. The crowd was absolutely hot for it the entire time. That is the very fucking definition of pro wrestling. The heat's on the heel. The baby face is selling. Yes, even Brock Lesnar, all 285 pounds of him. Six-time WWE champion, UFC champion. Selling for Roman Reigns the way he should. And yes, he kept getting back up to his feet and laughing after each Superman punch, but still. He's still selling when he gets hit. He takes the best nut shots I've ever seen, short of Sami Zayn, and sells it better than anybody else. Squeezing his knees together, kind of holding his groin area. Really selling the fact that he got a nut shot from Roman Reigns. Hits a spear, Roman kicks out. Or sorry, uh, Roman hit a spear. Brock kicked out. Roman hit the F5. Roman kicks out. Roman goes for another spear. As he takes him down, Brock locks him into Kimura. And in a genius move, and the camera just barely caught it, and not many people saw it, but I saw it at the time. As Roman Reigns is grasping for his last chance to reach the ropes to break the hold because he's in absolute agony from the Kimura lock. Paul Heyman takes his fat little knuckles, pushes the middle of the bottom rope ever so slightly, doesn't take his whole hand, grab it, and pull it and move it forward. Just barely puts his hand on it to where you can't even really tell. Ref couldn't even tell if he, you know, what was going on because his hand is just right there. Beady little fucking knuckles in the middle of the rope and pushes it just ever so slightly so Roman can grab it and break the hold. Genius. And then Paul sells it. Oh, my tribal chief, my tribal chief. You have to rise up, my tribal chief. And Roman says, it's out, it's out. My shoulder's out from the Kimura. Roman gets up, hits another spear out of nowhere. Pins Brock Lesnar one two three to become the undisputed, and this is how he's announced, the undisputed universal champion. I really hope they don't go with that. The titles are unified. I really hope they go with undisputed WWE champion. I really hope they don't go with the undisputed universal champion because I just, I fucking hate that name. I really do. It's a WWE title. God damn, my head's all fucked up. The biggest title in all of, sport, all of sports entertainment. Hopefully, they'll change the verbiage. But right now, and don't go the Unified Champion either. That name sucks. I want Undisputed WWE Champion. Just like we had when Brock you know, and Jericho did the first time. And have one belt. And change that fucking design. Give us a new belt. Not one that's all diamondy and glittery. And I know it sells a lot of fucking... Replica belts and all that, but god damn, I'm sick of it. It's been long enough. We need a new design. Make one belt, have one champion. And just like back when Brock had the Undisputed title in the first brand split, the Undisputed champion had had the, had the had free reign, pun intended, to go anywhere they want, Raw and SmackDown. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night on Raw and this Friday on SmackDown. But this was a mega match. And it delivered. Didn't have to be a high spot fest. It was what it was. It was perfect. It pays off the end of the feud. I don't see Brock staying in the picture. I see him taking time off. What I am predicting and hoping for tomorrow night on Raw. Number one, Cody Rose is going to have a live mic, and that's going to be fantastic to see what he says. 
Really looking forward to his promo. Everyone's going to be too. If they don't go over $2 million tomorrow night, there's a problem. I miss the Undisputed Belt too, Paul. I really do. That's an awesome belt. It's one of my favorites. If Raw doesn't do $2 million tomorrow, then don't. I mean, oh, they're in trouble. Just, no, it is what it is. It is what it is. But they should. They came close last week. I think they're up like 1.8, 1.9. Cody Rose have a live mic. We should see Roman Reigns there, even though he's a SmackDown athlete. Again, he's the unified champion. He has both belts. He can show up wherever he wants. I expect Roman to be on Raw to cut a promo and get interrupted by The Rock. I thought maybe it would happen tonight, but I really expect The Rock, since he wanted to be in it this year but couldn't, and given the fact that WrestleMania is finally getting to Los Angeles next year, it should have been last year or the year before, WrestleMania Hollywood should feature The Rock and Roman Reigns in what actually will be the biggest match of all time. Forget what they build this year as. It's wrestling. It's always the next big thing, right? The next big match. Rock and Roman is the payoff. You really want to cement Roman Reigns as a champion? Number one. Look, this whole buildup of Brock Lesnar and how, unde- you know, you know, how amazing he's been and almost unbeatable. He did the job to Roman to make Roman look like the biggest star in the entire world. Look at it. Think about this. Six-time WWE champion. UFC Hall of Famer. UFC champion. The person to end Undertaker's WrestleMania streak, for fuck's sake. The biggest shock of all time. For him to put Roman over cements Roman as the guy in the sport right now. Bigger than anybody else in sports entertainment. How do you really cement Roman's legacy? Have him beat his cousin, The Rock next year at WrestleMania Hollywood. So I expect The Rock to show up on Raw tomorrow night. If he doesn't, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But I would like to see it built up a year in advance like they did with Cena and The Rock. And this will be a -a once-in-a-lifetime match. And they can build their shit out of it for a year and sell a fuck ton of merchandise and tickets. It will be the biggest match ever. Roman will still be champion until then. By then, it'll be well over two years. Be 600-some days. Maybe 700 days. I can't count. (laughs) Um, Yeah, obviously, it'll be over 700. 365. Fuck off. Anyway. Expect that to happen tomorrow night. If it doesn't, don't don't be shocked. I still think it's in the works for next year. But I'm predicting that it should happen. Uh, So, it's almost midnight here on Central Time. I know it's almost 1 a.m. Eastern, so I'm going to sign off here. Uh, Long story short, WrestleMania 38 uh, paid off in spades both nights. Fantastic event. One of the greatest WrestleManias in a long time, and I know that doesn't say much, but it really was. And I I do expect it to be two nights from here on out because you get to sell two nights of tickets instead of one night. So you're almost doubling your attendance, and you're doubling your gate. Uh, and it, it's going to be a thing from now on. Absolutely guarantee it. And that's not confirmed. I don't have a source on that. That's just my gut feeling that it's just the right business move. Probably Nick Khan's decision. But I'm looking forward to see what happens this week on Raw and SmackDown uh, and see if they can deliver good shows after this because this is going to be very hard to top. If they can keep booking TV like they booked this weekend of events, then WWE will be firing on all cylinders and people will tune in again I appreciate everybody that downloaded all the shows this week of the 4th annual Rad Mania it was an overwhelming success uh, each year we get better and better and I can't believe it's been 4 years already it's insane I'm not getting any younger either if you want new merch check out Rad Rob Radio Network on spreadshirt.com. Spreadshirt, one word. Spreadshirt.com. Search Rad Rob Radio Network. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rad Rob Gaming. Check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Rad Rob Gaming, streaming every Tuesday night and Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Check out all my other podcasts. RTW Main Event, the one we're doing right now, drops every Thursday. So we're not going to have a show this week because of a death in one of our crew members' family. Uh, but episode 200 will be uh, a week from this coming Thursday. God damn, that's a lot. 
And I've done well over 200, but that's just the one we kept numbers on. There's a bunch of bonus shows, but that's semantics. RTW Rewind has also kicked in the RTW feed. Uh, There's my retro show where we talk about retro TV, wrestling, music, politics, food, you name it. The Dork Side of the Ring uh, is not coming back. Hughesy and I had a limited run on that, but that was an overwhelming success on that show as well. Straight Up 5 with Johnny Petraglia Jr., our bowling show, is doing record numbers the last 30 days for the network. Beating out even you-know-who, and we won't mention his name, but I hope you feel better. That show's on fire right now. A bowling show, right? I mean, fuck. Who would have thought? Brad Shepard Unleashed drops every Thursday. Anywhere podcasts are found. Also on YouTube, Brad Shepard Unleashed is the channel. Please subscribe to that and download the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, Breaker, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Uncancelled with Drake Wirtz, former WWE referee, NXT referee Drake Wirtz and I have a Christian political show that drops every Friday. And sorry, the bowling show drops on Friday as well. Uh, Drake and I uh, had a really good watch along this week from WrestleMania 8, Roddy Piper against Bret Hart. Drake was there live as a kid in attendance, so uh, really cool to get his thoughts watching that again. Media M5, thank you. Have a good dynamic with Johnny Jr. Johnny Petraglia Jr. is so good. I'm glad you enjoy that show, Mike. A lot of people are, are starting to find it and enjoy it as well. Uh, it's unlike any other bowling show out there. Uh, is that it? That's all I have? I feel like I have more shows than that. <laughs> uh, Rad Mini 4 was, a, was an overwhelming success. Go back and listen to all our episodes in the archive for RTW. Or RTW brand, just search RTW podcast and you'll find it. Uh, but I'm going to bed. I'm done babbling. Thank you guys for coming out and hanging out with me live at this late hour after WrestleMania Sunday. And I'll see you next week on all of my 55 podcasts. So thanks, guys, for your support. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to this edition of RTW Main Event. You can follow the show on Twitter at RTW Brand. Follow Red Rob at Red Rob Gaming. And follow the Ocho at Real BG Ocho. We appreciate all of your support. You've been listening to RTW Main Event right here on the Red Rob Radio Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.